Welcome back to BeYoungMinistry.com, to another blog and to another podcast. Today we continue in our study of Genesis chapter 18. We're in verses 22 through 25, which reads, Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were fifty righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? That's Genesis chapter 18, verses 22 through 25. Today we continue our study of Genesis chapter 18, where we have been watching the faith of Abraham and Sarah in the God of the Bible grow. Abraham had been enjoying a visit with the Lord Jesus and two angels who came out of the hot desert into Abraham's tent. After eating a meal that Abraham prepared for them, these three visitors left Abraham to go to Sodom. This prompted Abraham to pray. In verses 22 and 23 of today's passage, we read, Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? As Abraham's visitors departed from Abraham's tent to go on their way toward the Jordan Valley, Abraham went with him. After arriving at an overlook at the edge of a steep ravine, which leads down to the Dead Sea, where they could see the doomed cities lying far below them in the afternoon sun, Abraham questions the Lord, asking if he were going to destroy the righteous with the wicked. The result of what was going to happen was inevitable, and Abraham seemed to know it. The two angels who had been with the Lord had turned toward Sodom and were about to carry out the sentence. It was obvious that Abraham had been there, and he knew the wickedness of both Sodom and Gomorrah. Our passage today informs us that Abraham stood before the Lord and came near to the Lord. Abraham stood before the Lord to be defined by the Lord. Abraham then drew near to the Lord in order to intervene on the behalf of those who lived in these two wicked cities. Prayer never begins with man. It always begins with God. True prayer is never a man's plans which he brings to God for him to bless. God is always the one who proposes. Prayer enters in when God then enlists the partnership of man in carrying out his plans. In other words, unless we base our prayers on his words, his promises, we have no right to pray. 
Biblical faith must act on previous knowledge of what God desires. It is always founded upon his promises. It begins with a proposal which God makes, or a conviction he gives, or a warning he utters. On the other hand, the prayer of presumption is based on something we desire and then ask God to bless it. This kind of prayer is doomed at the outset. In fact, this is why so many works of faith fail when they otherwise might have been wonderfully blessed of God. From Abraham's point of view, he wrongfully had only one hope in his heart, and that was his nephew, Lot's personal testimony. In a subtle hint of Abraham's spiritual growth, he humbly spoke with the Lord openly and freely, and he continued to do so throughout the entire conversation. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we read, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This verse is an admonition to every believer in the Lord Jesus that we should have the confidence to enter the throne of God's grace in our time of need. This is what it looks like to be trained by God's grace, boldly and freely approaching the Lord with our concerns often. All the while, we must be careful to do it humbly. In verses 24-25 of today's passage, we read, Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Sodom and Gomorrah were the main cities of a group of five cities that were positioned at the bottom of the mountain at that time. Sodom was especially noted here because it was where Lot lived. Abraham's appeal to the Lord was, if there are righteous people living in Sodom, would the Lord destroy them along with the city? Would the Lord destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham expressed here a wrong view of God's justice, which influenced him to believe that there was a law governing fairness, which is higher than God, and therefore it is binding on him. In essence, this law says God must act in response to the law itself. When we believe this, we make our appeal to the law. When our prayers to or our comments about God reflects this way of thinking, it is wrong. C.S. Lewis once said, If you put first things first, second things will be thrown in. If you seek second things first, you will gain neither first nor second things. The correct view is that God is the standard of justice. He is the creator and therefore he is before his creation. 
Therefore, anything about him simply doesn't change. It doesn't increase or decrease. His power is used in conjunction with his own moral perfection. Therefore, whatever God does is fair, whether we understand it or not. Once we understand this, we make our appeal directly to him and not to the standard which stems from him or to which he could be subordinate, which he's not. When we don't understand this concept, we end up blaming God for those unwanted things and experiences in our lives. But the one who knows God and his character, he stands on the assurance that what the Lord causes or allows into our lives is perfectly just and fair. The Lord Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added to you. The problem that we often have is that we, instead of seeking the kingdom of God, we seek the other things that God said he would add. We find ourselves preoccupied with this world with this life, with our agenda, with ourselves. And we find that we're not really seeking first the kingdom. We find that we are seeking other things. But if we could grasp, like Abraham, that it is the Lord's will that is the best for us, even though it doesn't make sense to us in that moment, we will be blessed by God. And everything else will be added to us. My friends, I trust this blog and this podcast are helping you in your walk with the Lord. If I can be of further assistance to you, shoot me an email at beyoungministry at gmail.com. Hey, have a great day.